on WAJR AM and FM. This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good, good morning and welcome into the program, Dave and Sarah. Multiple ways you can participate. We want you to participate in this show. We want your input. We want you to be part of it. And we won't even charge you a fee. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Multiple ways you can participate in this program. Coming up this morning, we're going to uh, actually hit on another topic that's not involved, the A word. Although we were, will come back around to that. Uh, in just a little bit, David Cottrell going to join us. The Battelle District Fair in Montegalia County, the I believe it's the oldest fair in the county. Gets underway this week. And you're, you're. Uh, by the way, good morning, Sarah. You got a, I don't hear you. Do you hear you? I don't hear you either. I have the correct mic pulled up. Uh, huh. Well, that's interesting. Well, grab that other one then. That's the good mic too. I don't know what the problem is. Oh, man. Now we got to switch seats and that one's working. Now you've got to unplug and replug and testing. <laughs> that that's Hello. the first time that mic has never worked. That's the good one too. Yeah, look at me. I'm like, I know. Oh, I don't know. What's You're sitting going low. On in here. I've actually got a direct line of sight to you right now. That's freaking me out. All right. Here All we right. go. I've lost my train of thought. Anywho, uh, what was I saying? Battelle District Fair. Good oh. morning. Uh. You're a you're a Christmas fanatic, correct? I really am. Do you yes. enjoy yourself some Christmas in July? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, this yeah, is, then yeah. this is all you need to know about the Battelle District Fair. All right. The theme this year? Yeah. Jingle bells <laughs> and barnyard smells. Aww. Uh, David Cottrell with the fair. That, well, I love uh, that. That's he, great. He can explain that. I'm looking at the brochure. There's a cow wearing a Santa Claus hat. Okay, I'm in. Do you, I mean? Is there anything else you need? Maybe some baby goats with. Elves ears. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm in? there. All right, we'll talk to uh, Dave Koch. We'll find out what's happening at the Patel District Fair. Bottom of the hour, the interim director of student services with the Higher Education Policy Commission, um, Elizabeth Manuel, is scheduled to call in. They're having the Student Success Summit. The HEPC having the Student Success Summit here in Morgantown tomorrow and Thursday. We'll talk to her about the summit, the purpose of, the goals of, and everything in between coming up at the bottom of the hour. And before we go today, uh, I got on the Google machine yesterday, Sarah, and did a uh, did a quick Google of annexations in West Virginia, trying to just kind of get a gauge of what is happening around the state. And broadly speaking here, a couple of things that I found out. Number one, the issues as they pertain to Morgantown, not exclusive to Morgantown, because guess what? People who are targets of annexation in other areas don't want to pay those city taxes either. Okay. So that's not shocking, right? No. Um, but what kind of surprised me, and this is the question I want to, to begin to explore a little bit later on, is 
how minor boundary adjustments are by far, and this is very preliminary into my uh, Googling research here, Mm -hmm. the most contentious way to try to do it. And also, (laughs) and and, and well, you poo-poo that, but they're also at least from a cursory standpoint looking, seem to be the least successful. Um, whether it's county commissions who have uh, who are not approving them or they get kicked to court and ultimately a judge kicks it back um, because of a lot of the issues that we have talked about, and most mostly because the people aren't buying in. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and again, very, very cursory, like I said, it was spent a couple of hours yesterday after the show Googling and reading articles. If that's the case... Is minor boundary adjustment really the the best practice to follow here if you're looking to annex a large section or a large large tracts of land here as Morgantown is trying to do? Food for thought. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you some specific examples coming up a little bit later in the show. None of this surprises you, I can tell. But yeah. you know, it's we're, we're I'm trying to bridge what we think we know and what we actually know. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can throw out platitudes and hyperbole all day long, but if you don't have any evidence to back it up, mm-hmm. it's well, but it, it we all feels have opinions. Very, and, very commonsensical to me. But yes, yeah. you're right. It's nice to see that there's other other examples to so prove we'll, that. We'll take a look. Elkins, uh, Kaiser, Winfield is an mm-hmm. example that came up a couple of times, and very similar situations. Uh, not necessarily to the scale Morgantown is looking at with the uh, nearly four square miles and 12,000 residents. But I I think you can make some uh, comparisons there. So we'll do that coming up a little bit later in the show. Um, Coming up next, we're going to go to the fair. I can't believe it's fair season. Fair season kind of marks, uh, I would say, the second half of summer. We are, I know summer didn't begin until June 21st, but it feels like we are definitely in the second half of summer. Oh, yeah. For me, it marks the end. The end? Yeah, it does. Holy, you can't but end I'm, summer now. I am a firm believer that end of August begins fall. I, I believe that football season equates and and start of school all, all well, is Well, school the, starts to blast it early now. I mean, you got schools going August back 26th-ish. mid-August now. Mm-hmm. I think Mon County's, yeah, August 20-something-ish. Yeah, that seems right to me. But... But some, I mean, some places go back middle of August to try to get days in prior yeah. to weather. Snow, yeah. So. But for me, football season is the start of fall. Uh, Even though it can be very hot in those early games, I don't care. You'll be sipping pumpkin lattes next yeah. week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think it's too early to have Halloween stuff in the stores? Yes, I do. Do they have Halloween yes. stuff? No. Yes. Well, you're wearing orange today. Yeah, you're but very that's Halloween-y. not. That, no, that's spring. That's summer. That's summer, you know. <laughs> but, but seriously, really? I've, I've been seeing some of the Halloween stuff in the stores, and that even for me, that is far too it's, soon. It's I, it's I haven't July. even been on vacation yet. I know. <sighs> All right, we'll talk fair. But tell District Fair at David Cottrell coming up other side of the break. We got to ask him about this uh, theme because, quite frankly, I love it. Uh, we'll do that coming up, and we'll talk uh, student success summit at the bottom of the hour. Nine thirteen, David Sarah, just getting cranked up. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Well, we lost Dave. I don't know where he went. 
David Cottrell, call back. Call back. Ah, uh, you're on the other mic. I forgot. <laughs> I we tried to fix the mic back. problems during the uh, break. Couldn't couldn't figure that out. To either. No avail. <sighs> Coming up this uh, this week, the Battelle District Fair begins uh, tomorrow. Right? Today's the twenty second. No, today starts today, the twenty third through the twenty seventh. It is uh, well rumored to be the oldest fair in Monongalia County. David Cottrell now joins us on the program. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Doing well. That's true, right? Oldest fair in Monongalia County? Oldest fair in Monongalia County and, and one of the oldest fairs in the state of West Virginia. I was just looking. The Webster County Fair is 100 years old this year, and we're we're very close to that. How old are you? 92. 92nd wow. fair. So Sarah is a Christmas junkie over here, by the way. <laughs> So well, we're she, just like the Hallmark Channel. We're our Christmas in uh, July out at yes. out of Battell District Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll explain the theme this year: jingle bells and barnyard smells. Well, July twenty fifth uh, is, is it falls right during our fair. Uh, every year we try to come up with something catchy. A couple years ago, if you remember, we had the bad flood one hundred, and that area got flooded. And uh, we lost the last night of the fair. So last year, our theme was the good Lord willing and the creeks don't rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this year, we are going with the uh, jingle bells and barnyard smells complete with the elf on the shelf. And uh, uh, tomorrow evening will be Christmas Eve in July, followed by Christmas in July on Thursday evening. So we just try to come up with something catchy um, that that gets piques people's interest and and for people like Sarah who like Christmas hey we're there so so how do you incorporate Christmas into the fair this year well we are tonight uh, with the grand parade we have a snow machine set up and as the floats come by we will spray them off of the stage with snow uh, we're also going it's going to snow at the fair on Thursday evening uh, we we're going to do some activities for the kids with uh, uh, a white Christmas celebration, uh-huh. and, and do some things like that. Uh, but just our whole theme revolves around, we've got a Christmas tree on the stage, uh, we've got Christmas lights and, and um, snowflakes decorating the stage, and just throughout, uh, the bingo stand has Christmas lights around it, just throughout the, the fairgrounds is this Christmas theme. It comes up, uh, the fair actually gets started uh, this evening, doesn't it? Yeah, tonight we have, uh, we kick off with our grand parade at 6.30, um, and then at 7.30 we have opening ceremonies. Our local little league is going to lead us in the pledge. Uh, one of our Clay Battelle students, Ella Lieberger, is going to sing the national anthem for us, and then we have uh, gospel music tonight, and the fair will close down about 10.45 this evening. Uh, tomorrow night is our uh, uh, Queen's pageants with our Little Miss, our Teen Miss, and Miss Battelle District Fair. And then um, Thursday evening we've got Black Dog Hollow, uh, which is a band, I believe, out of Charleston. Uh, we've got our White Christmas celebration for the kids. We have a pet show. And then uh, a, a crowd favorite. We have the Grease Pig Contest at 9 o'clock on Thursday evening. Uh, Friday evening, we have the pony pulling and the cakewalk. And Rick Kay and the All Nighters are here for one show on Friday evening. 
And then Saturday night is our, is our big night entertainment-wise. Uh, we have Cody Clayton Eagle at uh, 8 o'clock, and he is going to lead off for uh, Nashville recording star Jason Michael Carroll. That's going to be a good show. Well, that's a pretty good show. Um, and then we have uh, the livestock judging at 5 o'clock on Saturday evening, and then we have a Power Wheels racing uh, event for the kids. And it's your battery-powered cars, and they set up a track for them, and they race them. We did it last year, and it was a big hit as well. It's like but derby racing was. in the year 2019. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on, on and and very very well received. I mean, we had had that last year was our first year for it, and uh, lot, lots of kids and parents came out for it. But just a lot of feel good things, community type things. We had a uh, community church service. Uh, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, followed by a covered dish dinner, and we had over 200 people there for it. Wow! And just a just a a, a neat thing, a community thing, and 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 it brings in people from all communities out on this end of the county, and and hopefully we branch out a little bit more. We're speaking about the Battelle District Fair, and I'm going to beat Dave to the punch here. Let's talk food. Let's talk <laughs> about the food. Now, especially with the Christmas theme, are we still going to get the normal fair food? Is there going to be a little touch of maybe some cinnamon or some peppermint sticks thrown in there too? Uh, there may be some they may be some <laughs> candy canes and some cinnamon. I'm not not quite sure, but we've got the normal fair food. We've got uh the armor sausage stand will be there. Uh, uh they're a local favorite around at the fairs with hot sausage and Philly cheesesteak and that kind of thing. We've got uh, pizza and funnel cakes and my favorite, cotton candy, uh, candy apples, hamburgers, hot dogs, french fries, just the normal fare, the normal fare fare. Fair fare, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a little something for everyone. Uh, we've got, like I said, lots of different entertainment. There's a lot of people just come to visit. Uh, they, there, there's people who come in uh, for the fair for, that have moved away. They come in this time of the year, and and some of, some of those people you'll only see during the fair. Uh, hey, but that's hey, Dave. Every about. year it takes it takes a lot of people to put this on, and uh, you know I, I would venture to guess, Dave, most of them, if not all of them, are volunteers. How many? How much support there in the community do you get? year in, year out, to make sure this happens? All, all, of, all of us are volunteers, um, and and all of us come from, from different walks of life. We start planning. There's there's about 12 to 14 of us that are fair directors. There's about probably 10 of those who, who regularly attend meetings. We, we meet once a month um, year-round, and then prior to the fair, uh, about – the first of June, we start meeting every week uh, leading up to the fair. One of the big things, there's there's not a whole lot of ride companies out there, amusement companies, and that sort of dictates the time of the year you do your fair, and that, they sort of dictate your date. We try to have the date of the fair by, by around December, 1st of January. Uh, usually about that time, uh, January, February, we set the theme and, and start working toward toward the fair. But it, it, it's a, it, it's fun because it's something for the community. Absolutely, it all gets uh, cranked up tonight. Runs through the weekend. And uh, do you have a website, Facebook page? People can go, can see the schedule, and uh, see what's happening. 
we do have a web we do have a Facebook page. Uh, just go in, go to Facebook and search for the the Battelle District Fair in Waitstown, West Virginia. And uh, we do have a web page, and I'm not sure what it is. Tell you what, we'll we'll uh, we'll get the Facebook page linked up at our Facebook page. Send okay. people there, and uh, they can check it out. Jingle bells. And we invite everybody to come out. Uh, I would love to see you guys out here, Dave. I know you get out here once in a while for football and that yep. and that kind of thing, but, but I'd love to show you guys around the fair. You know, we were going to enter. You know, Sarah was going to enter the baby show, and I was going to bring my dogs to the pet show, but we just decided it wouldn't be fair. It just wouldn't be there fair. You go. Wouldn't to everybody be fair. else. I tell you, you can always do the grease pig though. Uh, those grease pigs are pretty cute. Uh, that would go that would be we could have a viral sensation there sir there was a there was a principal from the western end of the county entered the grease pig contest here a couple years ago and it was it was quite the spectacle Uh, he'll remain nameless huh yeah he'll remain nameless. (laughs) dave Cottrell, the battelle district fair it gets cranked up tonight runs through the weekend appreciate it and have a good time this week thank you guys i appreciate you all all right thank you 92 years they've been doing it love the fairs that means, let's see, Battelle District and uh, Mon County won't be far behind here coming up soon. Is it the week after Mountain Fest? Uh, Ed Hawkins, Ed, I know Ed Hawkins uh, will let me know. If, yeah. I'm, I, if It's usually the week after or I want to say it's the week after Mountain Fest. They go from one right and into Mountain the other. And Mountain Fest but, is next week and then that's the week. Wow. Well, my, that's this weekend, right? Mountain Fest starts this week. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right. You're confusing me. You're confusing me. I'm confusing myself. I don't know. I just know there's a lot going on. I just on. can't believe it's July 23rd. I know Kyle Wiggs came to me yesterday, our uh, program director, sports guy. He just does everything, right? Mm-hmm. And he hands me the the broadcast schedule for football season. I went, oh, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not in that mode yet. I'm not mm-hmm. in fall mode. I'm still in midsummer mode, which, mm-hmm. you know, is somewhere between decompressing and decomposing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta get. I gotta start to. It's yeah, a whole mental gears. process know, to go through I here. Know. All right, uh, the fair coming up this week. A lot of fairs, and not just this one. Uh, there are a lot of fairs around the region. I enjoy it though. I enjoy it. You, you a fair fair? You like fair fair? Uh, I do like French fries a lot. Yeah. Arlen's too young for cotton candy yet, but I, I could only imagine him hopped up on some cotton candy. Him hopped up on anything. Oh boy, he doesn't need it. We do not need the help. Can he drive a power wheels yet? Uh, No. He could crush one, I'm sure. (laughs) Look at me trying to enter your kid. He'd he'd be running around chasing the power wheels. You know, he'd do it all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He would be carrying the power wheels to the finish line? Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk about the uh, Higher Education Policy Commission. The Student Success Summit uh, is coming up tomorrow and Thursday here in Morgantown. Uh, Elizabeth Manuel is scheduled to join us. She's the Interim Director of Student Affairs. We'll talk to her on the other side of the news break. And a little bit later on, annexation around the state. Uh, you're not surprised, but you know, just trying to put some actual data with what we think we already know as it pertains to annexation and minor boundary adjustments. Your participation always welcome in this program. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number. You can also text us at 304-TALK-304. And uh, we do have a, t- uh, a Twitter handle. That's right. We're on Twitter. At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle if you would like to tweet into this program. Uh, coming up, we'll talk HEPC Student Success Summit. We'll do that on the other side of the news break a little bit later on. Annexations around the state. Right now it's 930. Let's get an update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. Find out what's happening all across West Virginia. 
Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere, online at wajr.com. Eight hundred seven six five talk eight hundred seven six five eight two five five. If you want to take part in this program, three hundred four talk three hundred four is the text line, and uh, you can tweet at us at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Coming up tomorrow and Thursday in Morgantown, the Higher Education Policy Commission will be uh, partnering to put on the Student Success Summit, uh, Summit Summit, a statewide conference focused on creating seamless, supportive, and lifelong learning systems for West Virginia's students. Joining us now from the HEPC is the Interim Director of Student Affairs, Elizabeth Manuel. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Dave. Great to be with you this morning. Well, thank you for taking some time. Um, Generally speaking, what's going to be happening in Morgantown the next couple of days? So you you said at the Student Success Summit, this is our uh, ninth uh, year of hosting this event. It's a statewide conference, really focuses on creating a seamless and supportive learning system for West Virginia students. Um, each year we have between four and 500 educators that convene for the two-day event. Do they go off into to subgroups? Do they get a chance to, to interact and discuss student achievement? How does this work? Absolutely. Um, so there are more than 50 sessions that are scheduled across the two days. Um, attendees range from uh, being able to, to uh, attend sessions that include serving adult learners, behavioral mental health, bullying prevention, career and technical education, uh, college access and awareness initiatives, you name it. Uh, There's a great uh, opportunity for everyone that attends to um, really get in there and network with other educators across the the pipeline and uh, learn a little bit more about what each other is doing and how we can partner and connect um, our communities. Now, you're expecting to host more than 440 educators from all across the state. How do they get involved? Who is invited? So the Student Success Summit is open uh, to the public. The registration is free. Um, this is a, a it's sponsored by the West Virginia Higher Education Policy Commission and the West Virginia Department of Education with support from the West Virginia Community and Technical College System. So anyone can attend. Um We have educators from the elementary level all the way through post-secondary. We have workforce individuals, veterans affairs, uh, folks from um, Department of Health uh, Rehabilitation Services. So everyone's invited. And I think because this has been hosted now the ninth, this this will be the ninth year, um, it has garnered support over the years. And I believe that folks feel like it's a great opportunity just to network and learn Uh, about what's going on in our state and being able to share best practices. What about parents or homeschoolers? Is this something for them as well? Absolutely. Um, There's opportunities for them to attend as well. We have had parents in the past. Uh, We have actually had students that attend the Student Success Summit as well. Um, So it's open to anyone, the public. Um, But like I said, we have between four and 500 individuals that attend this every single year. They're not all uh, from the education system or for, from higher ed, um, we have folks from across the spectrum. Talking to Elizabeth Manuel, she's the Interim Director of Student Affairs for the HEPC, the Student Success Summit happening tomorrow and Thursday in Morgantown. Uh, education, and in particular public education, Elizabeth, uh, has been under the microscope for a large part of the year as we talked omnibus education bills, what students need, 
uh, student achievement, all the above there. From your vantage point as the interim director of student affairs for the HEPC, what are the challenges facing students today? Um, I think that some of the challenges that we are that we are facing here as a state is is um, making sure that we are serving the whole student. Um, I know that recently um, we have had some conversations around food insecurity, uh, mental health issues, and I know that the state of West Virginia as a whole, both on the higher ed side and the uh, Department of Ed, we've been working together to make sure that we can provide services and remain student-centered to provide those things that those students are going to need to make them to help them be successful and uh, pursue their dreams. So um, I think this Student Success Summit is a wonderful opportunity for us to have those conversations and see how we can best serve West Virginians. As you have these conversations, what what are the next steps from them? Is it just an opportunity to start to have those, or is there some sort of follow-up that comes after the summit that either is some sort of a review of the, the things that were brought up or ways that people can continue to work on these subjects? Certainly. There's uh, opportunities for folks to continue to build up on what they've learned at the summit. Uh, there are a lot of takeaways from the conference. Um, we are very... Um, we, we, we try to make sure that whenever we're looking at these uh, individual sessions, you know, as I mentioned, there's more than, 40, uh, more than 50 of them, that when we look at those, that folks that are going to attend those sessions, that they're going to have something to take away, something that they can go back and Im- implement in their school, implement in their classroom. And so we also follow up through the College Foundation of West Virginia, which is um, an opportunity for us to continue to network throughout the year. We send out educator newsletters that keeps folks informed of what has taken place at the summit, um, and we try to stay connected that way as well. Elizabeth Manuel, Interim Director of Student Affairs, Higher Education Policy Commission, the Student Success Summit tomorrow and Thursday in Morgantown. Elizabeth, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the summit the next couple of days. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate the opportunity. Anytime. It uh, comes up uh, again tomorrow and Thursday down at the Morgantown Marriott at Waterfront Place in Morgantown. Coming up, uh, the fourth and final, at least scheduled, I'll say it that way. Nothing's concrete at this point. It's all a work in progress. Uh, The uh, fourth Morgantown annexation open house held last night. Uh, We'll touch on annexation and how it's being approached, or at least what's happened in some other areas of the state recently uh, with proposed annexations. I'm getting tired of saying it. You're probably getting tired of hearing it. But it is what it is. We'll talk about it coming up next. 941. Uh, 304 Talk 304 is the text line. 800 765 Talk. 800 765 8255 is the number to call. Or you can uh, tweet at us at Dave and Sarah AM. It is 941. Back after this. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. The fourth of four scheduled open house meetings last night in Morgantown concerning um, the annexation proposal. Our uh, reporter, Mike Nolting, was there. And so where we go from here, City Hall going to take uh, those questions that uh, were asked.
compile a list. Apparently there's a draft, which is a work in progress. Um, compile a, a list of FAQs, frequently asked questions, and try to answer those and, and present those to the public. As again, this, this process is going to be drawn out another three to six months. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here. And at, at least at the very minimum here, the city has slowed down and pulled back some. Uh, but there are still some major questions that are floating around out there that uh, are going to need to be answered, and some of that pertains to city code. So we'll see where it goes from here. Um, I know where I think it ultimately goes, which is probably nowhere, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. I, I'll, t I'll take that back. I, I do think at some point it's approved by city council. Now, when and if it ever makes it to the county commission – it's a whole other story. Whole other story. And does it ever make it past county commission? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it would there's just so What's your much. definition of past? Approved or end up in court? Oh, I mean approved. No. Would it end up in court? Yeah, that 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 feels far more likely than frankly, that feels like the end game here. You know, and I know we've only touched on this. I don't want to get into it today, but just just let it rattle around in your brain how long this goes on. Will have an impact on. I think it will have an impact. At least will be an issue in the county commission race coming up next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ed Hawkins is up for re-election. I mean, in election terms, especially in today's times, May's not that far away. November's certainly not far behind either. So, I mean, does it become an election issue for a county commissioner? Which is hard to do because they're not supposed to weigh in because they're supposed to be a judiciary in this matter. Anyway, right. anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean to go down that road. Not today. Not today. We have a long time to get there. So it got me thinking yesterday, Sarah. I was sitting over at my cubicle, mm -hmm. my shared cubicle. Still don't have an office. And <laughs> that's a sore spot. Hopes and me. dreams. Yeah, one day. And I, I just did a Google search. I said, let's, let's Google annexations in West Virginia and, and see what comes up. So I spent a couple of hours, uh, again, very preliminary, cursory, taking a look at annexations around the state. And a couple of examples popped up on the Google machine, uh, one being Elkins. Now, keep all this into some scale here, and it might put into perspective what Morgantown is attempting to do. Uh, Elkins, uh, more than 20 local residents took part in what was described as a stopped forced annexation meeting. This is from da -da -da, earlier this spring, uh, late February, it looks like. Uh, Monday's meeting was in reaction to a push by Elkins City Government to look at possible annexation. Uh, two meetings in March and April to speak to uh, the city held two meetings in March and April. So this was uh, early, uh, earlier this spring uh, to speak to residents and businesses as well as property owners who would be affected by such an annexation. That's a novel idea to hold them before <laughs> the proposal. Uh, the uh, story goes on. This is from the Intermountain, by the way, the uh, newspaper in Elkins. Uh, goes on to describe the meeting, plus a petition and a letter that was being passed around. Uh, the document titled Petition Opposing the Annexation of Properties into the City of Elkins. Uh, a couple of highlighted sections here, Sarah. See if this sounds familiar. Uh, the letter states Elkins' leadership has shown a consistent propensity to waste city resources as evidenced by the building of a costly rail trail bridge that terminates in an illogical location, making it a useless city feature and many other wasteful projects that could have funded core services. Uh, the letter goes on, property owners will be required to comply with all new restrictions, including new limits to land usage, and will be subject to a wide range of new permitting requirements to make changes and repairs to property. Okay, 
a lot of the same stuff we're hearing here, mm -hmm. right? Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Here's where it got a little interesting for me. And again, I'm not a lawyer, nor, nor do I pretend to play one on the radio, just reading you what lawyers are saying. In a 14-page letter from Nigel Jeffries, an attorney based in Charleston, and addressed to the Elkins City Council, uh, the letter in part reads, uh, talking about a minor boundary adjustment, uh, that freeholders uh, precipitate minor boundary adjustment when they petition the municipality to annex their unincorporated territory, but the territory fails to satisfy the key uh, continuity. Uh, boy, there's some legal words here. Uh, where am I getting to? The minor boundary adjustment allows the municipality to adjust its corporate limits to incorporate county, state, or federal lands in order to connect to areas via rights of way, street, or highways that satisfies the uh, uh, continuity requirement. The letter goes on, allowing municipalities to annex large swaths of territory without a vote or popular petition would move West Virginia solidly into the category of states with involuntary annexation. This was not the intent of the legislature. I bring that up only because of the judge's ruling in Jefferson County where Charlestown was attempting to annex, and he said, even if you have a minor boundary adjustment, you got to have a petition mm -hmm. with a majority of residents. So that is Elkins. Uh, Winfield, this has been an ongoing battle. Harvey Payton mentioned this a couple of times, our uh, attorney on yes. call, if mm -hmm. you will, uh, we, when we borrowed him from Metro News. Winfield was trying to increase its land uh, area by 15%. Um, the county commission denied the minor boundary adjustment request. County commissioners saying they were uncomfortable because so many people opposed it. Uh, one commissioner commented, if we were to approve this, it would amount to forced annexation. So that was Winfield. Now, Kaiser. Now, this is interesting. I do want to point out, they're not naming a percentage either. It's just a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they're not saying, uh, you know, once you get to a certain percentage of people within that area saying that they don't want it, that's where they, they draw the line. It's just, if there's a lot of people that don't like it, Lines drawn. Does that make sense? Yeah. If there's a lot of people there, there's in no that rules area. On that. Right. There's no set number. Gotcha. Then there's this approach in Kaiser. Now, you, are you sitting down? Uh, the mayor of Kaiser wants to put an annexation proposal out to a vote. Approximately a year and a half after the administration annexed an area on the east side of town but chose the minor boundary adjustment process, um, the mayor now wants to discuss the proposal directly with those residents and business owners who would be directly affected and let them decide through an election. Um, now, the mayor and the city administrator in Kaiser says they, they do need to expand the city's tax base. It's critical to the future. But they want to have a public meeting first to see how those people who might be affected feel about the proposal. So here's one interesting thing about that. Go. When we spoke to the city manager, one of the things that was uh, brought up was why we're not doing an election. And he said, well, it's very difficult with state code to pull these off. That's all. Apparently not for everybody. Apparently not. So those are just, again, that was a, a quick Google search yesterday of some of the annexations going around, uh, going on around the state. And I think the key one to keep an eye on and um, trying to reach out over to Jefferson County to, to get some more details is that ruling from the circuit judge uh, mm -hmm. regarding Charlestown and the interpretation there that you still have to have a petition and it still has to be signed by a majority of the people in the targeted area. And if that's the case, where does that leave Morgantown? And if that's the ruling, and yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you've got to look at that then. Any any future judge has to look at that ruling and take that into consideration. Yeah. And, and, and look, this and we've got to take the break here, but I, I want to leave you with this question. If you look around the state, Sarah, and all these minor boundary adjustments are either getting denied or you're having attorneys and judges who come back with rulings that put them put that into question what you're doing and oh by the way none of these municipalities are trying to take in as much area as morgantown we're, we're talking 36 percent increase in area is this really the best practice moving forward really this is the best practice all right we'll wrap things up make way for hoppy kurtz we'll come up next Now, back to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. All right, that's it. We've used up all of our time again. Hoppy Kirchhoff is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Anything else, Sarah? you got about 20 seconds. No, that's it. I think we covered it. All right. Well done. Oh, you know what? We never, ever thank our producer. And that's on me because we're always hustling to get out of the show. Uh, thank you to uh, producer Luke Wiggs on the other side of the glass this morning. Well done, Luke. Well done. Hoppy Kirchville's coming up next. <laughs> With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Brizo, at your local Ferguson showroom.